I'm about to feed him to the sharks right now. Get him hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is on. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it, and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it goes. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Welcome to episode 41 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, two stripes. Phil Coors, A2, blue belt, one stripe. In Philly, we had a kind of a revelation this past week. Again. We? Yeah. 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 And it was, uh, for the listeners out there, that we do absolutely nothing correctly. Yeah, it's very bad. What, uh, give us the story of where you found it, and I'll kind of share mine as well. Which one? Yeah. So, recently the seesaw drill has been pointed out. I've been doing that wrong. Seesaw Um, drill, for those of you out there, is if you're on bottom, you kind of um, use your hands a little bit, but you rock back and forth and try not to use your feet on the mat to follow your opponent around you. Mm Mm-hmm. That's been pretty bad. The half guard back take was... Hold on. What about the seesaw where you're doing... Let's put my feet down. Oh, put your... Yeah, yeah every time. Because if you put your feet down, they can then pin your feet to the mat and pass. Yeah. Also, um, they'll kick you or something as well. Yeah. yeah. Either one. In that, in that self-defense situation, there's kicks and stuff. That wasn't... My mind also went to the guard passing. Sure. But that was pointed out to me as well. Um, so, Yeah. I was doing that completely wrong. Um, the half guard back take, I didn't block the cross face. I was grabbing like the collars instead of getting my arm up as high as I could. And I never pushed him forward with that underhooking hand. Um, other than that, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And also the Peruvian necktie. Uh, Persian bow tie. Persian bow tie that worked once um, somehow and i just been trying to repeat that and I've been doing it wrong the whole time apparently so we'll work on that yeah yeah and and for me it started with the scissor sweep kind of corrected that uh, still probably wrong in most points um, but also the cross choke from mount you know kind of solidified that I didn't Really know anything about that um, there's so many techniques and so many steps to each and every technique and it's amazing it's amazing that John's so patient with all of us because we're all just infants that, yeah that are learning to crawl not even walk right now yeah it's um it's hard to see the levels I guess every time you it works once or something and then it's done and the the next level to it is seemingly obvious every time you find it out and then you just don't get it and, and you brought up a good point too uh which with the uh Peruvian necktie and that is that you know maybe it was on a newer white belt right that you may not have had the the submission on correctly but they were just uncomfortable and they tapped and then you're like you got that positive feedback loop of 
hey, well, this worked, so yeah. let's try it more. And yeah. And I, don't fall into that trap, right? I do I do the same. I do the same. Yeah. I, I'm 99% sure that's what happened and because I didn't ask a question um, to try to figure it out. I've been wasting a lot of time trying to do it wrong, but oh well. Yeah. Well, John straightened us out the other night after class, right? Yeah, that was funny. But I think that I've been saying recently that I kind of tried to only been going to fundamental classes for the most part and trying to see those as much as I can and clean them up and improve on them. And I don't know, every time I'm seeing something new, it's it's never, it's, it sounds cliche or whatever, but like it never gets old or gets figured out. There's always another another roadblock in there somewhere with one of those same same moves before even branching out you know into the any anything more advanced whether because i can't remember how long ago it is now three maybe three months ago trying to do like daily heva and explore the open guard um and then i you know i don't really get the opportunity when people are resisting there's you know it's if my in my experience if they're good enough to pass the guard i don't even have an opportunity to set up the daily heva and i've been working on it you know mm -hmm. it's but it's non-existent basically there's i mean a, a good entry for me on somebody who knows to stand up is maybe 10 seconds of getting that daily heva in and trying to fight for a sleeve or a collar or whatever before they're passed but you know that's like three months. Like that's, it's not been going well. Um, Have but, you thought about getting the sleeve before you go into the daily? Even? No. Mm. No. Okay. All right. Um, most times I've gone into it has been from already an open guard position, you know, and trying to kind of enter. And I think I usually grab the ankle first, the close one, obviously. Sure. Sure. Um, but. Essentially, what all that's boiling down to is my reasoning for wanting to do the open guard was because people were just, you know, passing my guard and I couldn't sweep them or anything else. And I just kind of took me a little while to realize, you know, maybe I should figure out how to just try to do the basic sweep first. Maybe I should try to figure out how to pass the guard first. Um, and then once I can dictate the position, I can work on that other stuff. Um, but if I can't, dictate anything positionally, you know, and I just accept being a closed guard on the bottom because that's where, you know, we've talked about before, if, if I just am going to get into a pushing match with somebody, nine times out of ten I'm going to lose. Um, you know, you start from the knees and you're pushing, I'm, I'm going down. You know, that's just is what it is. And um, if I just accept closed guard and only want to attack from there and never want to work on sweeps... I'm never going to get on top and work all that stuff. So, you know, I wanted to work on the top game. Well, what happens when I get on top? I can't pass the guard. So I have to work that first before I can get to the top, you know? Um, but anyway, it's just, and I think John um, Shell was the one who said it in our, in our black belt episode. And it made a lot of sense to me when you hear it. And it's like, you know, you're trying to do this fancy stuff. And his professor at the time told him the same thing. And was like, oh, show me what you're working on. And he just destroyed it. 
And he was like, you know, trying that other stuff is really going to put in perspective how important the fundamentals are. And, you know, I've had the conversations with Ryan and he's, he jokes basically that I'm that meme of the blue belt trying all the stuff on YouTube. And yeah, it's true. And I have to sit back and think about why I'm saying it. And why am I saying I need to work on this? Well, it's because I can't do the fundamental stuff that's way more efficient. It's like, oh, I just try to do that and then they do this. So I'm going to try this elaborate other option versus trying to clean up the fundamental thing that's been proven for 150 years that it works. So not that long, but yeah, but you know, they're, they're there for the reason and they're the most efficient ways to get to the finish. You know, that that's what you should be trying to get better at. And if I can get better at those and I can dictate the position, you know, then I should be able to, if I have the guard retention in the first place to hold somebody to get into the open guard and I'm not worried about them passing because if they pass, I'll recover and I can sweep them and start again. That's a whole different, that's a whole different situation. Then I'm going to try to learn open guard because I have no other options, you know? Yeah, no. And that brings us to our next topic, right? I mean, cause that's what, you know, that's what we're here for is that we're trying to share our campaign with everyone and that is that we now and how we didn't notice before now the glaring uh, insufficiencies in our fundamental techniques I don't know well what's what's really happened to me is I helped with the kids classes a couple times a week and I'm seeing these techniques and then they're asking can you show it and I'm like I think so you know, like, I'm pretty confident in it. And then it just kind of gets into the point where I'm questioning, like, what I do know, you know, and then I want to, for me, it's almost like I want to see it again. Um, and I have to try to watch how he's going to show it and then try to... He you know, meaning John, John Tyler, yeah. our, our professor. I try to, you know, mimic that because he knows what's important he, and the common mistakes and those things. And it's, it's like I kind of lose, almost lose confidence that I know what I'm talking about. I'm like, uh, I think so. You know, if you, if you do it and I don't think about it and I just react, you know, and then at the same time, I think the guillotine from standing came up and I was like, I can try to show it. And he was like, you know, don't you have any details? And I was like, don't worry. I don't have any. <laughs> so like, not going to give him too many details because I barely know how to do this. I, you know, so, so I show that. And versus me being super confident showing something else. And then at the same time, the hip hump sweep is the best sweep where I feel like, you know, I can hit the sweep on people that have been training more than two months. Otherwise, I can't sweep anybody, right? So I'm doing the hip hump sweep. And last week, Ryan shows me something extremely basic and coming down to like the positioning of my hand. So realistically, I don't know anything well enough, you know, like, I don't know any of these techniques or any of these positions, and I'm still learning every aspect. And some of them I just feel more lost than others, I guess. But it is funny to see that because it's, you know, I get, uh, I guess, self-conscious about showing one technique, and I'm confident about another one. And then you can turn around and show me something as basic as where my hand is positioned behind you. You know, so I was doing the hip bump sweep from the closed guard, and... I do it kind of fast because that's the only emotion in jiu-jitsu that seems to come relatively easy to me is getting up in that hip bump sweep. So 
I was keeping my hand kind of far away, and Ryan uh, Leggett, the black belt instructor on Fridays, came over and was like, show me that again. And he said, freeze, as I got up to my hand. And he was like, now move your hand closer to you, and look how much higher your hips can get. Which obviously makes the sweep a lot stronger because the higher the hips, the stronger the sweep. So, and high hips win, positionally. And similar idea with you know bridging of keeping your feet closer to your body, the higher you're going to go. Um, so as soon as he pointed it out, it made perfect sense. But again, that's the, that's the technique I feel comfortable. That's my go-to. And that the reason people stuff it is because they're bigger, their hips are higher. And on my best sweep, they can still be improved dramatically just by something as basic as where you put your hand. So again, you know... I don't really think I know how to do anything perfect, but anytime I do start to feel confident, I'm like, it could always get so much better. There's so many little details. I could just make all these things go so much smoother. Agreed. And and um, I don't want the audience to think that we're shitting on ourselves because we're not. You know, we're uh, we're where we need to be in our own campaign, right? And 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 the reason we share this is is that that other people out there that feel the same way that feel like oh, wow, you know, I really don't know anything. Well, yeah, we don't, but, but that's where you should be. You know, nobody, you know, nobody has in-depth knowledge about every technique in jiu-jitsu. Uh, but, you know, that, that, that journey, that, that learning, that realizing, uh, being able to deal with it in your own head of like, okay, well, this worked. Well, yeah, because the movements that we're doing, even if we do them 30% correctly, right, which is probably a pretty good estimate of what how we're doing it, it it's that's good enough to actually be effective against someone who's doing it five percent correctly or 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 two percent correctly or ten percent correctly where wherever that scale goes to so um so what what phil and i've devised as a, a method of addressing this insufficiency well before that is is and it's not like i don't mean to say that i don't know anything but it just goes back to the fact that there's levels to it yeah so i can do the hip bump sweep and it works against i would say a majority of the population Right. right, sure. But you put somebody that's defended it a few times and they they know what to do. They instinctively are going to get their hips higher and block it. So there's yeah. just that little detail. If there wasn't the levels to it and you could actually learn it in a year, it probably would get boring. But that's what keeps it super interesting. That's what is the challenge. And it's just every time you start to see the new details. And we've said before, the more that you learn, the less you feel like you know because you're mm-hmm. more aware of all the other areas that you're lacking in and it's that kind of for me personally reignites wanting to figure it out faster yeah every time agreed so which brings us to so yeah brings us to what we're going to do to address that that um deficit in our games right and and uh we've been wanting to schedule some privates phil and i will do uh private lessons with our professor Together and what we we said we want to focus on, we're going to do a weekly lesson, and that weekly lesson is just going to be going through the fundamentals. Kind of what, kind of what we're thinking is is um, three techniques, uh, fundamentals, 
run much like a class except for you know instead of uh whenever everyone's drilling we'll be drilling that and we'll also be drilling uh position setups to those positions which is not something that you may get in every fundamentals class right i mean because they're showing a specific position with a specific input that does that and to be able to more um more appropriately incorporate that into our, our rolling strategy. So just fo focusing on hopefully for the next six months, just that fundamentals uh, curriculum that we're going to do. And I think that we're going to see, I think that we're going to see, um, well, it's an experiment, right? Just like anything that we do, just like the triangles, just like the, the turtle position, um, all of which when we work on it, we get better at it. Yeah. Uh, not perfect at it, probably never will be but but that's that's going to bring our level if you will up a notch to to just be able to have a greater understanding of that and a greater understanding of whenever you were saying with the hip bump sweep to bring your hand closer to your hip right that that's a fundamental that's something that we do every single time whenever we stand up in base right it's if you have that that hand all the way back it's harder to stand up in base. Will you bring that, that hand closer to your hip? These are all things that translate that we have to relate back to the, not just the fundamental techniques, but the fundamental movements of the hip escape, the standing in base, the uh, um, bridging, um, you know, all of those things. So to be able to connect those dots between them, I think that's really what it's going to get us. Yeah. Well, I think, and again, I can't tell you how many places it comes up because I just noticed it friday or whatever mm -hmm. but like you're saying with standing base that's going to be in a million positions and yeah everything from i mean the the uber trap and roll when every time i've done that something else has been added to it yeah and i'm still always in the bottom of the mount so i could always you know use more details and next steps on, on fixing all that stuff yeah there's no there's no end yeah to that i think obviously most of them could use a lot of improvement and and getting that closer supervision or whatever you want to say looking over it as i work with you drilling seeing both sides of it i think is going to be super beneficial yeah i totally agree i totally agree and uh so that's that's what we're looking forward to in the next six months we'll report back on it you know uh as as things go along i'm sure we'll figure out more stuff that we don't know yeah no there's going to be a, a lot of those i'm sure might be the theme of our next six months worth of podcast. Yeah. Well, the last six months, I think, has been me trying to get on top. I think around Thanksgiving was when I decided I was going to try to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I'm still not there. So yeah, You're doing better, though. Much better. Yeah. It's still hard. Yeah. 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 It's, it's You expend more energy doing it? A little bit, yeah. 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 Very good. Uh, so, so our next topic is uh, something that I think we're both super excited about and that is the origin immersion camp we're six weeks away from that uh shout out to the cabin five crew jack <laughs> davenport jack's gonna be uh jack's gonna be riding with us from the uh, airport to uh, to the camp I'm looking forward to that can't wait to see him can't wait to see all of them uh can't wait to see aj and james all, alexi all the all the folks there again and um now that we know a little more of what to expect at the camp we can kind of better prepare for the camp. So what Jeff means is he's only bringing one gi. 
Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Top tip: If anybody out there is going to the Origin Immersion Jiu Jitsu camp, they have a pro shop, and every year at that pro shop, people might get mad at us for for telling this to all of our listeners. But every year at that pro shop, they it's like half off of all of their geese. So I'm like, well, I bought what three geese? I think so. Last year, yeah. I didn't really have enough room in my suitcase to <laughs> pack them all home. I stuffed them in there somehow in my in my uh, intoxicated stupor of trying to get out of there. <laughs> That's a, a story for another podcast. Or maybe we'll come back to it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's I'm bringing one key because that first day they have that pro shop open. I hope it's open. Oh, God, I hope it's open. <laughs> I might have to get a hold of Nicole and see if... See, make sure that it's going to be open that first day. But, yeah, so I can just, you know, buy a couple geese there. I don't know. Least one. I'm very confident you'll buy at least one. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's uh that's one of the things that we're we're doing. But what else, Phil? Well, they have a couple. Uh, they haven't released the schedule yet, but last year they had the the three sessions a day, mm-hmm. and you know they could do your choice of gi or no gi in the afternoon, I think. And then, um, but just having the better idea of training, drilling in my. The way I did it last year was just drilling in the morning, drilling in the afternoon. They did a Q&A at night, which was cool, and then they had rolling um, for like an hour or whatever. Or three hours, as the case was, in many nights. Yeah, so <laughs> however long you could go. But, uh, you know, and then I was trying to take notes in between. Um, I think beforehand, there's obviously certain things that I've been working on this year. Mostly sweeps, right? I mean... Open guard wasn't like a plan I had three months ago, which I, I don't want to say I've abandoned, but it's just for me, not really time for it. You know, for, I've been working more on trying to get a little bit of takedowns figured out or at least one and then the sweeps and getting on top, staying on top. So um, kind of getting that idea of the certain things I want to work on while I'm there, especially getting new looks from people that I've never seen before, which is fun. Um because most of the people that train with you all the time, they know exactly what you're trying to do or pretty close to it, and they a lot easier to defend it. But uh, I'm excited for that, for sure. And just getting that plan going in, like working again on the Von Flu, we'll have the opportunity there. He's got a the Peruvian necktie. He's got the whole, James Klingerman yeah, is who James, we're talking he's about. He's got this, yeah. those you know, DVDs out there. So getting the opportunity to actually work with him and talk with him while he's there is a golden opportunity on certain things and you know yeah we got to take advantage of those folks that are there like like james Klingerman, who is phenomenal at the persian bow tie and uh, and uh and the von flu so we can pick their brains people have been doing this for a very long time they specialize in these techniques you know another one that comes to mind uh alexi pickerel uh and he's one of uh De La Hiba's students and he goes over De La Hiba who better to learn De La Hiba from and that's where my interest came from that open guard style last year and I've been working on it a lot this year and I'm, I'm getting better at it you know at the De La Hiba setting it up going to that deep De La X and exploring a little bit more about it but now now I have a little better foundation well not a little better I've got a lot better foundation yeah. for what we learned last year in it and a, and a lot of people say well you know jiu-jitsu camp you know you're going to take one or two things away from that that, that you do yeah 
yeah, you are. But also the other benefits of that are that you're, you're immersed. That's why it's called immersion camp. And just like learning a new language, which is kind of like jujitsu is, it's mm-hmm. a new language, right? The, the more you're immersed in it, those, those things that are not really tangible that you see just by being there and doing three sessions a day, you're going to get countless of those intangible benefits that you don't really see because you are immersed in jujitsu. And so, yeah, I might only take home one or two techniques that I implement into my developing game, but the rest of it that we're going to get from that is, is going to be, uh, it's just going to be an incredible experience and, and I'm sure it's going to help what we do in jujitsu. So, uh, of course, even, even the things that you drill that you don't even, I think that's what John was saying last week, even if you don't understand it or you can't see how you would use it, don't write it off. You know, you drill it and you try to take something away because everything, so many things are related Mm -hmm. all the time. And just because you can't make the connection yet as to what else is going to be related to, doesn't mean it's not going to help. So, I mean, last year going in, I feel like after the week was up, I was much different person leaving than I was walking in. But at that point, you know, three, I mean, that was like 20 something classes, essentially seminars, basically hour and a half a piece. Mm-hmm. It's, that was a good percentage of my overall time spent at jujitsu, right? Like mm-hmm. I was very new at that point, less than, less than a year in. So mm-hmm. to essentially get like 20 plus seminars or whatever, it's, that's a big deal. And, you know, I was at that point, yeah, what are you working on? Everything. Cause I don't even understand anything. I can't have a plan, but you kind of develop it a little bit and now I can be a little bit more focused. doesn't mean I wouldn't want to drill open guard stuff just cause I'm not immediately implementing that in like a competition game plan. But at the same time, you know, it's still good to know. And at any point you pick up a detail where you're like, now I can do this. Yeah. You never know what that's going to be. Yeah. Agreed. And I would, I would challenge us to rather than, yeah, we're going to take notes, right? We're going to get, get on that, uh, back on that bandwagon. And, and I'm going to be honest with the audience. I haven't done a really good job of taking notes the past probably six months. Uh, d- done a few revisions on the notes I've already taken, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not consistently taking notes because I already got all the techniques that we've done in my BJJ notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to get back to that. And, and I would challenge us aside from the, the techniques and, and recording those is to try to try to have the conversations with those people that we now know to, to connect the dots on the concepts because the concepts are really where it's at, you know, as far as looking at grips position submission or grips position defense those concepts that, that we take away from there and the similarities between the techniques maybe that we're better at can get us a little further along in our campaign. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, you're big into the concepts and conceptual learning. I think I do it, but I, I don't look for it. I'm not good at putting that together. I think I just kind of stumble upon it accidentally, eventually, by high volume of failure. It's kind of my strategy. <laughs> Yeah, I try, to, I try to fail as quickly as possible, just kind of knock it all out. That's what I did with like the Gracie Pass. Uh, 
I'm not great at it, but like I was listening to somebody talk about it the other day and they're like, is there any way to do it but keep going through it? And I was like, curious to see what he's going to say, but it's no, it's just keep doing it and yeah. you're going to figure it out. I mean, and you're going to figure it out and, or you're going to get better at the triangle defense. Yeah. Yeah. It's both. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm in that position a lot less lately. Um, but so, so often in that situation. And I thought that was, I was cool to see that questioning it because I haven't heard it in a long time, but I used to ask it all the time, like all the little detailed things and how do you get up and get around and deal with everything and, you know, and then doing it against people more and more. I like the pass and I try to incorporate new things. John Shell talked about in detail of keeping the hand down that I, that's the time I happen to pick it up and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's interesting, but yeah, it was the first time I heard that question in a while, but that's a really good one where... I fail a lot of things from the closed guard, but that's always usually safe. You know, I usually mm-hmm. don't lose too much going for a cross choke. Well, I'm still closed guard. Yeah, I mean, you've still got closed guard. So that's interesting. But you go for the Gracie pass, and as I fail that, I get triangled and submitted. Yeah. So that's always that's always exciting. But no, it was cool to see that, and yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes tomorrow for sure. So other things that we're gonna do to prepare. We gotta prepare our bodies, right? Yeah. You're back on the supplements. Yeah. 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 That's good. We're gonna stay on that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Those help. Stay on that Feel path. A lot better. Yeah. Yeah, they do help. Um, probably uh, Phil's gonna take a little time off beforehand to recover a little bit. Are you gonna do any tournaments in uh, the near future? I don't know any other than tomorrow. I don't know of any. Oh, tomorrow you've got a tournament. Yeah. North America Grappling Association of the world. Of the world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, now I'll go tomorrow I'll do two divisions. Uh, uh-huh. So that'll... What two divisions? Should be the most matches I've ever had in one day, which would be exciting. How many people are in your division? No idea. I couldn't see the bracket. I looked. Oh, okay. They said it wasn't up yet. So, um, But I'm doing the 18-plus adult division and then the 30-plus division. So should be the most matches I've ever had as long as people show up. And uh, I'm excited. Can't wait. What's your game plan? Pull guard or let them pull guard. That's pretty big game plan. Yeah. Basically, I've spent a lot of time working on takedowns. And my takeaway from that is that I'm always very tired after doing that. Because I'm not good at it. You waste a lot of energy. Um, Pretty confident I end up holding my breath a lot. um, Which is so dumb. But here we are. So... Uh, just not going to fight for a takedown. Um, not going to say I'm not going to go for it at all, but it's my biggest thing always is staying calm. And I see that being out of my usual element. And that's going to, I think, lead me away from being calm very quickly. And that's not what we're after. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to see what the other person does first. If they are looking to pull guard... My pref- that would be preferred for me because I've been working on passing a lot. Sure. You're getting a lot better at passing. Yeah. I don't think that's my best path to winning, but mm-hmm. that's what I want to do in the competition is test passing against somebody who I've never trained with who doesn't know what I'm trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. Because like, I work passing with you all the time. Yeah. You've noticed my progressions, everything. Every step of the way as I've improved, you've just immediately countered it, obviously, knowing the next step. So I'm excited to go against somebody who if they are a guard player i can work passing on somebody i don't know you know 
if they're looking for a takedown and not going to pull guard immediately, I'm going to pull guard. And I think if I can get him in the close guard and don't get ankle locked in five seconds, that's my best chance to actually win the match. But I would prefer to attempt um, a passing game. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I think that's a good game plan. Um, um, anything else like that you've done in preparation differently uh, for this tournament than for the previous? Just leading up to it, I think I decided like three weeks ago I was going to do it, but um, training just like we were saying earlier, the last six months, seven months or whatever it's been, I've been trying to get on top, stay on top, dictate the position basically, and um, that's not going super well, mm -hmm. but we'll see how that goes tomorrow. Um, I've stayed away from close guard a lot the last couple months um, to the best of my ability, um, and... I'd say probably the last two months especially I've really gotten away from close guard mm -hmm. where it took a while to kind of I was saying I wanted to do it and then it took a while to actually implement that um, in live training um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens and always staying calm is huge so mm -hmm. I'm curious to see if as soon as it starts if I just you know throw this game plan right out the window and pull guard again not writing that off as a possibility. Sure, that's, that's probably what's going to happen. No, and I, and I don't think that's a game bad game plan either. And I'm just I'm proud of you for game planning. Yeah, I, you know it's. I would like. To, I eventually I would like to get to the point where I'm confident enough to just try a takedown or like fight for it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just not there yet. Yeah. So I want to. And sorry, I'm hitting you with this because I. Uh, I didn't think we were going to talk about it, but but I do want to talk about it because I think it's important to talk about. And that is, you know, you confided in me and, and said it was okay to share. You confided in me, uh, it's been probably about three weeks, two or three weeks ago, that that I was like, you know, why aren't you doing competitions or anything like that? I'm not, I don't pressure you to do anything. You know, I mean, that's not, that's just not my style. But, but um, you confided in me that you kind of, you kind of lost that drive mm -hmm. and that that passion for jiu-jitsu. And I think that's really important for the audience to hear, right? Because um, a lot of people go through this and, and and what I was what I was really um, well I was I was kinda I was kinda hurt that you didn't confide in me whenever it was going on that, that this happened, but it was kinda after that phase was over and, mm -hmm. and what you did was push through, kept doing jujitsu and 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 kept along the path and then and then found it again. I mean you you're a hundred percent back in. Mm -hmm. You found that again. Um, first how long how long was it? How long of a stint was that? I would like to throw out there was never a point where I didn't want to roll. Mm. That was no, yeah, that of course, was still so much there. fun. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I just there was a lot of days. I would say probably maybe about a month of just there were just so many days um, where I just didn't really feel like going, which was highly unusual. Um, I never, and I've told you a couple times that like in retrospect, I should have taken a week off, like just taking a break. Um, because the only time I've taken a week off was when I jacked up my ear for the first time. Yeah. Those stupid things. Because it hurt too bad. Like I like was having trouble sleeping, you know. That was the only time I took a week off. Um, but I should have done it. And I didn't. Um, but anyway, I just kept going. And it was not... 
I would say kind of lose the passion because I didn't want to go to class. Like, I didn't have the drive or interest to, like, actively seek out the new information or, like, think nonstop about it like I tend to do most other days. Um, but, yeah, it was probably about a month. And, you know, you were competing in Greensboro and stuff, and I, I didn't want to. And people asked why, and I was just like, I just don't feel like it, you know? And I just... I strongly support competition. I think everybody should try it once. Sure. Um, but, you know... And I try to do it as much as possible, but I didn't want to do it if I didn't feel like it. And I think if I went out there, I would have got smoked. Like, um, that wouldn't have gone well. But well, I don't, I, I don't think you would have. But because your jujitsu didn't go away, I don't. I, but but no, if yeah, you don't have the passion for it, you shouldn't do it. Right. You so, know? Um, again, but I I was still going like four, three to five days a week, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I would say a couple things just being. Sore a lot, tired. Um, definitely frustrated played a part. I mean, this mm-hmm. was the first time. Be, like, I don't know. Like, rolling was still super fun. But a lot of times leaving, it was just like, it's not working. Nothing's working. And then the frustration was definitely mounting much more than ever before. You know, I've been, I've always said I've been bad at this. Never good. Didn't matter. Still had a lot of fun. You know, mm-hmm. that was the first time. I was noticing I was getting frustrated afterwards. Um, but, you know, shocker, I just kind of keep trying and then things start working and then it becomes much more fun. Yeah. No, I, and like I said, I think that's important for our audience to hear because I'm sure everybody in jiu-jitsu goes through that. And it's just a matter of how you deal with it and what, you know, whether you think the overall campaign is is worth that discipline and that because jiu-jitsu is hard we've said it before mm-hmm. um but the overall positive benefits in your life that you get from it is for me it's just it's totally worth it and, and i'll be yeah. honest with you i've uh, for shorter stints of time maybe you know like a week or something and i felt that too yeah. but i just keep going like i keep going and it's then it, it goes, something yeah. goes and it, you know, there's ebbs and flows uh to to the to the training. Everyone experiences that. And, you know, first off, part of me noticing it gets super paranoid because you hear about the Blue Belt Blues and all that. And I'm like, I'm not not letting that happen, number one. But it, it, now it's kind of, it's funny because I'm kind of happy it's happened because now I'm a lot more, like, willing to let myself, if I get to that point, take the time off. Don't feel like you have to go. Because mm-hmm. um, I want to go more than anybody. And I train quite a bit, even though I feel... I think I've cut back a little bit, and I think that's been good for me, like, body-wise. Well, you, I don't but, think you've cut back on your hours. Well, that's what also took me a minute to realize, is I've been doing a lot more, essentially, on the studying side versus the pure drilling side. And I think it's helped in a lot of different places. Um, but it's a little bit different. I just spend a lot more time, um, like, helping with the kids' classes, essentially studying for me. I'm still learning a lot, um, but I'm not rolling as many hours but i still feel like i'm progressing at a decent pace because i'm trying different things and new things are working and that's the goal right Mm -hmm. so anyway next time this if this issue comes up again it's not a big deal take four days off or something you know it's like but to me that was like retirement you know so i'm like oh this is it's over i guess i don't like jujitsu anymore you know but that was part of the reason I didn't want to take any time off, and I didn't. And it just kind of 
kept at it at the same pace. Folks in the audience, you you realize what Phil just did there, and that was at first he said, I'm going to take a week off, and then later he said four days. <laughs> More likely, it's probably going to be like a day and a half, two days that you take off, and you'll be like, i got to get back. I got Because I know if I'm, if I'm gone, it like I recently it was like, didn't train for like three days, and I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. Um, but, but yeah... It's it's important for everybody to know that the, these these things happen in, in the campaign and and you know just keep that discipline because it, it it get the longer you take off the harder it gets to come back yeah and we've seen it we've seen a lot of times with with folks that we train with and and all that so um, so thanks and, for yeah. yeah and they said it, to keep it focused and my focus is working on by far the weakest part of my jujitsu so it's. I mean, it's kind of you kind of go from having a little bit of success to forcing yourself into these positions, only trying this stuff, and, and it's not going well, you know, and you're really struggling, and it's real frustrating, you know, and all like it feels like a month ago what I was doing was working, and now shocker trying something I'm not good at, it's not working, you know, and then it kind of gets frustrating, but it will work itself out. Like if I can figure out how to eventually take one person down eventually get one sweep like it's gonna you're gonna build off that and you're gonna be better off for it but you got to get through the shitty part and that's kind of what that was um yeah yeah and we we kind of talked about that too in our uh episode i think it was episode three where we talked about plateaus and and our disbelief in plateaus and that is that whenever you're trying something new guess what you're you're not gonna have success with it Mm-hmm. Uh, but the success is you're going to get better at it. And the other success is that you're going to get better at recovery from whatever position that you're trying because yeah. you're going to get passed, submitted, uh, more pressure, you know, all of these, all of these things that happen. So, um, so thanks for sharing that with us. Thanks for allowing me to share that with, with the audience. I think it's important. And, that, and that's why, again, I won't say it was a plateau. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I described what everybody describes when they say they're hitting a plateau, and I just refuse to accept that as as being the case. It's just, you know, I my sweeps and takedowns were just not improving the entire year and a half or whatever that I've been training jiu-jitsu because I just never did them. Right. And just because I finally spent two months actually attempting something, you know, it feels like, oh, now I can't get better. And it's like, no, you haven't been good this whole time. And, and it's just now you're acknowledging it and trying it. And, oh, you know, crazy. It's not working, you know. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. Um, so I want to give a shout out to Joe Selecki uh, uh, via New Jersey and North Carolina. A mm-hmm. uh, person who won his fight on the Contender Series and got a UFC contract. This was this past week. So congratulations to uh, Joe. We've seen him at... Toro Cup before, he's a tremendous competitor. And yeah. He actually went out and it was awesome. a great fight. Unbelievable. First round fight. submission, right? Yeah, first round submission. Yeah. Great. And it was so funny because uh, in the commentary, Michael Bis- Bisping said, oh, you know, because they said, yeah, Joe Slecky is a high level black belt. And, and they said he, he crossed his feet whenever he was on the back. And he's like, oh, that's a, a mistake. Well, it's only a mistake, like, like you say, with black belts. That's where you know enough to be able to break the rules. Well, I'm sure Joe Slecky knows that to defend that that ankle lock, you got to push the ankles through. I'm sure he's not worried about getting that ankle lock whenever he's on the back. But but anyway, I thought that was uh, that was pretty funny. And also, just uh, up, upcoming, we're super excited about Toro Cup 15 um, September. 
in yeah in September we're going to be there. It's uh, we're helping support that as well. Uh, it's going to be a, a a big competition. I think it's uh, I think it's an all women's card. Um, so excited about that. And if 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 you haven't been to Toro Cup, go. It's, uh, it's so cool. Jeff will be competing. Boom roasted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, after that, Phil, tell the uh, tell the audience how they can support us. BJJCampaignPodcast.com, Facebook.com slash BJJCampaignPodcast. We are on Instagram under the same name. And uh, join the Facebook group. We are doing memes. Um, we like to share those. Um, the best. And videos, things that we think are cool related, anything that helps. There was a cool one I shared the other day I thought was interesting on uh, being a white belt and helping with the kids' classes because I was a white belt when I started. And it is... It's hard to put into words, and I still don't think I understand everything I'm getting out of helping with the kids' classes, but sure. the more time I spend doing it, I'm like, I just see kids do this all the time, and now I can address it, and I think it's hilarious that they're more helpful than some of the adults in helping me train. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. Agree. Um, also, if you if you like what you hear, share it with somebody. Share it with your teammates. Uh, you know, um, we'd like to grow this podcast if we could, and uh, and if you're not out there doing something to be better each and every day, get out there and do it. Phil and I choose jiu-jitsu. We hope you do too. I'm about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is on. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh, slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it goes. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game, you're feeling the growth. That's time on the mat, we put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll, let's roll.